Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. My name is Andrew Harrith, and I'm joined today by Andrew Decker. Mr. Decker, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. The 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 chill is in the air. End of the year is coming up. It's not our holiday special, but nope, that man, comes next time. It's and, starting and, to feel like. And we it. apologize to our listeners. This one's going to drop uh, about a day late. Uh, I was sick. I had strep throat, and so a couple of days ago, I could not. I would not have been able to do this much talking. Yeah, and and you know, glad to see you're feeling better. Antibiotics, um, antibiotics, antibiotics and a little bit of grace and um, sleep. There, yeah, and a lot of turkey. Yeah, yeah. Did you have it over Thanksgiving? No, I kind of came home with it. Gotcha. Now, the nice thing about not being able to swallow, because my throat was so, as the doctor said, it looked really angry in there, Yeah. Um, is that for about 48 hours, I only had like soup, hot tea, hot coffee, a little bit of whiskey in my tea because, you know, just kind of helped me relax a little bit. you have a, a problem, bit. yeah. Uh, because I have a problem. I do not have a problem. <laughs> that is not. But uh, I, I'm back at my pre-Thanksgiving weight, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, a couple of days of starvation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Uh, well, you know, your your uh, illness is not the only reason. We did have some uh, technical issues. We we're trying to do a little Zoom call again, and it just wasn't working. Our our internet just was not agreeing with us, right? Yeah. So we're back together in the same room. But we room. apologize for being late. We don't um, like to do that. Nope. So, but we're here. We're Anyways, here. You know, um, at least. There's nothing in our mistake this week that would land us in jail. Amen, brother. (laughs) But for a lot of our clients and potential clients, this is the time of year uh, to to get arrested, unfortunately. Tis the season, right? Tis the season. Well, it's because they want to do things that they normally, especially if they're out on bond, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the right, season to get we're arrested. Talk about, yeah, right. we're going to talk about bonds today. But if you're out on bond, but, you know, you do some things, you want to go some places, you want to see some people you shouldn't be seeing while you're on bond, and we'll talk about this, what ends up happening, Mr. Harris? Well, your bond gets taken away from you or revoked or, or uh, uh, you know, found insufficient or something, and you land back in jail. Get you. Get you get in trouble with the popo. Get in trouble. Yeah, they're gonna come pick you up. Um, which, you know, I, I mean, I agree. I think like a lot of our clients, um, you know, we hear this a lot where they're saying, "Hey, I, I, nothing's been proven. I am innocent until proven guilty." And and yet here I am on probation. Uh, which, in a lot of counties we practice in, pretrial supervision is done through the probation office. They right. have a lot of the community, same community supervision. Right, and and it uh. Uh, costs the same as uh, supervision fees and yes it does um so so it does feel like probation but it's not no not technically probation not last time i checked and that's because we're looking today at chapter 17 of the code of criminal procedure uh and probation is operated out of you know 42a right uh right so so it's very important uh if you're going to be reading 42a you may as well flip over to chapter 17 for all answers regarding to bonds, bail bonds, posting of bonds, bond conditions, bond revocations, etc. Right. So let's get into it. Okay. Tell what what is a bond? What does that what does that even mean? Well, it is a uh, money or uh, some form of uh, collateral put up to get out of custody 
while awaiting trial. And what is like, you know, yes, a bond gets you out. Um, why do the courts require a bond? Well, the courts require a bond because we have a constitution, brothers and sisters. <laughs> let's go. Right. Let's go old school. That's you right. actually have a constitutional right. Some when of you may have forgotten that. When, uh, when you're facing a charge uh, to a bond. And that is here in Texas codified. And this may have been what Mr. Harris was asking uh, under the Code of Criminal Procedure, Chapter 17. And they title it bail. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's titled bail. And and really, you know, it's just supposed to be an amount that's going to assure your presence in court to answer for these allegations. Right. right? And so it, it needs to be set at an amount that's going that's going to make sure that you show up. Exactly. And and it's it's actually supposed to be an appearance right. bond. Yeah. Um uh so that again you show up. And for different people, that amount could be very different amounts. Uh, um, yes. Yeah. You know, you, you you if I have five hundred dollars on, on the line of my personal money, I might show up almost anywhere anytime. True. If Jeff Bezos has five hundred dollars on the line. He could give a flying flip. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and his charge could be much more serious than mine, but $500 means a lot more to me. Yeah. And so the, you know, the code actually discusses, uh, you know, these, these different variables that, uh, a court is supposed to, uh, put in place or take into consideration consideration yeah and so that that would be that would be the charge that they're facing their you know socioeconomic status um all those different factors right as to the community yep. etc right yeah um criminal history criminal and... history violence uh community safety and now they've added uh public not not only victim safety community safety but also uh law enforcement safety they've now yeah. added that as a criteria so the person may not be a threat to the to the injured party <coughs> or to the community as a whole, but law enforcement may say, but he's a threat to us. Yeah, look at these posts on social media or, or right. whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it's a particularly dangerous charge to law enforcement in particular for whatever reason. Who or we just had a hard time taking him in the last time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's true. It's legit. Um, and so all of those things, and look, you know, today we're not going to be talking about like, obviously the civil side, if you're tuning into a criminal defense podcast, hoping to get some tips on a civil, sorry, facious docket or something like that for this, you're in the wrong spot. Right. Right. This so is not just, Andrew and Andrew on civil dockets. Right. So, so we're not talking about like from the bondsman's perspective, when a bail gets revoked, what are your responsibilities and duties to the court? Um, what kind of civil remedies do you have? Although, the code does discuss that at length. So if that's information you need, um, Article 17, Code of Criminal Procedure, really is where you need to find that information. Um, don't take anything we say as hard and fast legal advice. Always seek out your own representation. Or give us her, a call. Give us a call or read the code yourself. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. And, I know. and honestly, Mr. Earth, uh, as we prepared for this, I've read through 17. Yeah, same. And with all the changes that followed the, you know, first of all, with the executive orders that are still in place from Greg, Greg Abbott, and then the changes that came with the legislation that kind of tried to codify that, uh, 
some of what used to be very typical is no longer typical. The rules have changed. Doing a walkthrough where we used to be able to just kind of, especially someone who uh, a misdemeanor offense, you could walk them up to a up up to a bond desk or into the sheriff's office and go, "Hey, this is it," or even to a JP judge often and say, "This is it. We want to know. We want you to know that they're making themselves available and amenable to the court. Uh, post a bond." And they never get taken into custody. They never get put into cuffs. They uh, may or may not even get fingerprinted. Right. Right. Basically, the rest was we're going to get your picture. We're going to say that you're in the system and we're going to move you to a court date. Um, something like a uh, criminal trespass or uh, fleeing the scene of, a, of an accident. Um, you know, something it, only property damage kind of deal. Yeah. Things that, w- that would be in a misdemeanor level offense. They ne- we could work it out where they never saw the inside of the jail. And especially if then eventually they get probation, they may never see the inside of a jail. Now, those are much harder, much, much harder. Um, we're now seeing people have to go into custody, have to be changed. At- I and mean, if you go into custody, they don't let you, re- you know, they don't, unless you're in a holding cell, they, you don't, you get changed out. Right. And so people that are in their 50s and 60s who've never had a criminal offense are getting changed out. Put in and then put it put it in their jail clothes, right? That's what we mean by changed out. Um, sent into general population. Um, they may you know end up I mean? staying staying kind of in a holding cell, but because it's more than just twenty minutes, they. But uh, yeah, I mean, and now like we call we still call them walkthroughs, but we're warning our clients, hey, in these counties that we practice, it could take upwards of eighteen to twenty four hours. Yeah, for yeah. a simple quote unquote walkthrough. Right. Um. So we may need to change how we how we call the, what we call those, but. Um, you know, that, that is, it's, it is, uh, I, and I don't really know the reason for the delay. I know there's a lot of like additional paperwork and, um, you know, in Tarrant County, um, the sheriff has mandated everybody who's arrested, go through an ice, uh, review, uh, just to make sure they are in fact citizens. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it does. It, Some of it is the, is the new, uh, policy that's now legislated but it came out of uh covid and the executive set executive orders uh that anyone who has any assaultive history Mm -hmm. um it changes their ability to bond and how long they bond and so you end up having to run some checks right where in the past it was like you know i've got an attorney i've got a bondsman you know yeah i'm 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 pretty good let's let's get rolling um and so now, yeah, let's let's just start off with that because there's certain charges that are not eligible for a bond. Um, and so, you know, a lot of those are are you will definitely need uh, defenders out there. Check there's a list in in Article 17. We're not going to read through the exhaustive list, but there are some charges out there that are not, uh, you know, you're not entitled to a bond. Whether or not a judge gives you a bond on those. Um, is probably up to your local jurisdiction. Um, and, and that being said, too, even if you're facing a revocation, a, a probation revocation, uh, you are not entitled to a bond on those cases. Right. And we get those calls a lot, right? I mean, the yeah, reason we're doing arrested, this is... They've been convicted. Yeah. They're on probation. And then they... 
violate the terms in some way. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> we were going to say they effed it up. Find, uh, well, yeah, I was trying not to say they they effed it up. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and suddenly they're back in custody. And well, they even are it, not. it's nothing's been proved. I mean, it's a it's an allegation that they violated in whatever way. Right. Yeah. And they're not entitled to a bond. And usually you have to, in, in most counties, you end up having to ask for one. Yeah. Um, and depending on what the charges are, the bond's going to be, it's going to be high. It's going to probably, I mean, I, in my experience, I, I see a lot of times the judges setting those at double what the original bond was. Right. And it's not, and it's a completely new bond. Come, yes. Right. Um, which comes with, you know, its own reporting requirements and, and all that. So, you know, a lot of um, the the next thing that I think we should kind of throw a distinction out there is there could be conditions on your bond. Now, that could be different from, you know, the court setting conditions and your bonding company setting requ- uh, reporting conditions to them. You know, your bonding company could say, call me once a month or once a week. And I'll ask my potential clients, like, are you on bond conditions? They're like, well, I'm calling my company once a week. That's not that's, that's not, not what, what we're I asking. mean. Yeah. Did the judge say, hey, on on this DWI third, you need to have an interlock device installed on your vehicle and provide proof of that and come in and report to your pretrial supervision officer and all that kind of rigmarole. Right. Um, yeah. So so bond conditions. Yeah, so conditions of your bond. I mean, right. that feels that's what I was talking about earlier. That it starts feels feeling like it feels like probation. Probation, and I've already been found guilty and all that kind of stuff just based off of an allegation. An allegation, right? And sometimes the conditions of bond probation, and that's what that's what most of our clients now call it. Yes. Um, and it's a way to kind of help us all know that we're not talking about probation, even though it feels like it. You're on bond probation. I still don't like that. You're on bond conditions. Um, sometimes they can be more rigorous than the actual probation charge will. Indeed, yeah. Um, so common bond conditions, especially in counties where you get an appointed client, often that automatically comes with UAs. And if you come back with a dirty UA, you're going to get your bond revoked. For for our non-defenders that may be listening, uh, first off, why? I don't know. But um, but what do you mean by a UA? What is that? Urinary analysis. In okay. other words, you're going to go in and pee in a cup, and they're going to test that for drogas. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to test it for THC, for meth, for cocaine, for heroin, uh, for alcohol, and for the metabolites of those. Yeah. Um, and if that comes back hot you're going to end up being found in violation of your bond conditions because your bond conditions say no drugs, no alcohol. Um, and especially if you have an appointed attorney in most of the rural uh, counties in our state, that's going to be a condition and you're going to, you're going to end up in custody now. Yeah. So, you know, we practice in some counties. Well, we're, we're we practice in counties all over the state, but in the ones that we see quite often, um, you know, we'll have clients charged with, let's say, like theft, right? right. Um, some of our, uh, you know, contractor clients get charged with theft of services or something along those lines. And they're placed on, because it's a felony, bond conditions. Yes, sir. Where they are restricted from drinking alcohol and they have to provide UAs. But the allegation itself is not drug or alcohol related. Uh, you know, tell me, is that is that legal? I know the answer, but I'm just for conversation purposes. <laughs> the, com- the answer is 
yes. As long as basically any condition can be put on a on someone who's on bond if it's for uh, community safety. And that is the clearinghouse kind of line that all judges that I've talked to use to justify these restrictive bond conditions. Right. Um, the other one is, is that alcohol, for most of us, most most Texans are over the age of 21. That is not an illegal substance. Right. And I, I've not had any, personally, I don't recall having anybody who's been on bond conditions for a non-alcohol offense be violated for alcohol. In some counties, I have. Okay. I, like I said, yeah. I don't recall. That's right. not even saying it hadn't happened. I'm just saying that I don't recall. Sure. But part of what, when I when, when you try to get into, you know, why are we violating someone they didn't have, they weren't in possession. Basically, the the especially with an appointed client, the state, the prosecutor, and the judge, and they're not on the same team, but sometimes they, they think the same way. And if I were playing on those teams, I might feel kind of the same. If you can't afford an attorney, you shouldn't be affording meth. Right, yeah. Well, and, and those, those hard drugs, right? I mean, just think about like, it's kind of the the reason for most of our cases. Yeah, if if we could get get rid of addiction, we'd Certainly. be out of business. If we could get rid of addiction, that would mean like a drastic reduction in mental health issues. And yeah, and and yeah, you're right. We would uh, we certainly and, and would have to find something else to do. It would be a good problem to have. I was about to say, Mister Harris, I pray for the day. Yeah, I pray for the day that that we could somehow solve all the addiction issues, and you and I need to go. Go build buildings. Fine by me. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be a great. Yeah. Like, um, you know, hey, we're doing our part one podcast episode at a time. <laughs> but those conditions, those conditions of they're going to they're going to watch for public safety. Public safety becomes this huge open door uh, to put conditions on people. So, again, drugs and alcohol are kind of just automatic. Um, yeah. But do not do not violate the law. Well, you can't do meth without being in possession of meth, which is therefore a violation of the law, which is another reason why they could say that that that's you, you, you're yeah. going to you're going to end up. But what trouble. about I mean, speeding tickets? Those are those are a violation of the law. What I mean. Most time they're not going to worry about a typical speeding ticket. Yeah. Uh, but know that if you're on bond and you get pulled over, it doesn't matter what you're on bond for. You're going to be asked to step out of the car. They're going to search your person. They're going to ask to search your vehicle. They're going to you. Yeah, you're oh, you're going to you're going to get the third degree. That's for sure. And and I I agree with you. I don't think I've really had any judges who are like, okay, you were speeding. No, I don't. That doesn't matter to me. But you better believe if it's a class C public intoxication, you're going to have to answer for that. Yeah, yeah. Also, know that if you were told not to leave, uh, you know. Right. This county or the adjoining counties, and you get a speeding ticket three Across hours away, yeah, or in a different state, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Why? Because that's a violation of your bond condition. And and you know, I recognize the unfairness. Right? We get a calls from these clients all the time who 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 do you know kind of an outrage of like, hey, my life is being severely restricted. Yeah. You know, you're right. It is based simply off of an allegation. 
We have ranted and railed uh, against this on our podcast numerous times before. Um, unfortunately, that is the state of criminal law in, in, in our uh, in our great state of Texas. So what I usually tell people is like, you know, hey, start voting for your local state legislature if you want to see some of this stuff changed. Right. And in in defense of right you know you love it when i play devil's advocate on the, on our podcast yeah i certainly recognize like a need i mean i i feel okay with some of our clients charged with like some pretty severe stuff who are not in right. custody having to report in having you know to have a scram you know or whatever like you know we we deal with people with severe enough addiction issues where you you know as their attorney I'm going to do everything I can, certainly whatever they want me to do in, in defending them. But, you know, just as a citizen, like, yeah, man, you know, you're a heroin addict, meth addict, cocaine addict. I'm OK with you having uh, having a scram right, device right. on your ankle. And, and that, that's exactly where I was going with things like that. And we've all seen the. The, the headline reports, sir, yeah. of someone who is out on bond who then commits a much more heinous crime. Well, we just got out of the election cycle. I mean, there was a number of uh, right. uh, of, of TV ad spots right. kind of right. showing like week on bond. And, you and, know, and, and, and the idea being that, you know, if if we let this, you know, guy that's guy or they're mostly guys, let's be honest, um, guy or, or girl, woman uh, who who has a few drug charges and maybe a theft charge if we let them out on bond uh that that they're going to go and commit murder no that's not going to be the case does it happen yes do do people do stupid things while on bond yes um and i i always kind of get in an argument with prosecutors because uh, most of the prosecutors i know and have talked to talked to think they can prevent people from committing crimes and i try to tell them there's just nothing you can do to prevent this from going forward from from happening um now that being said right like i um i i think some of these restrictions are probably necessary but i don't think like i I start to get a little i start to feel a little uneasy about some of the fear and community safety arguments from turning you know, having this turn into a gateway for like a more, you know, a heightened police state. Um, right. Our, our, our citizens who we've both had our fair share of not guilties, right? So right. it's been proven that they were not guilty of the offense they were charged with. And then for those years from arrest to trial, having to report in and be on these restrictive, uh, these restrictive reports. And we, we do mean years. Years. Once upon a time, a trial for something even as severe as a capital murder would be months year on the long end. Right. Um, now even some minor offenses take 18 months. Yeah. Felonies on bond. I have one that probably will go in February. It will be close to the fifth anniversary of the original offense. Now COVID slowed things down. Five years, five felony or misdemeanor felony. Yeah, five years. Still, I mean that that's that is incredibly long. Um, you know, it was a year and a half, two years that we were shut down, right? Um, which which 
you know, that's the reason for the latest backlog. But even before COVID, we had a backlog. Uh, you know, it's been when we first started, Andrew, um, it wasn't that bad. And then it's just as population grows, resources are more scarce. Um, you know, our, our system just can't can't handle it. But um, but yeah, years, years of being on these reporting requirements, which is important if you are uh, somebody facing these charges on supervision, contact your attorney contact an attorney to see if they can file a motion to modify your bond right. conditions. Just because you get those from like a JP who's magistrating you at the jail doesn't mean that that heavy handed JP's orders are necessarily going to stick throughout your, um, throughout your probation. So, so some of the, you mentioned a scram. One of the things that, that yeah. happens on a regular basis, I have several of these um, where the bond is, is being found insufficient because they didn't charge their monitor regularly enough. I know. It did not just like drive you insane. Um, you know, because I've got some devices that just won't hold a charge at all and it takes forever to charge it. So I can't sit there next to a wall. Well, and that's the deal. Remember, if I need to charge my iPhone. Yeah, you can right? leave it wherever, right? I can plug it in and go to the bathroom. Right. Or walk around my house. Right. And. I'm with my phone. If you're on a scram, you are tethered to it. Yeah. So, you know, we call it scram. I think other counties may call it something else, but it's just an ankle monitor. Ankle monitor. That that is, you know, continuously testing for substances or maybe a GPS monitor right. is also, you know, around your ankle. Depends on depends on what what the monitor's there for. Right. If you take that sucker off. That's a bigger issue that, than oh, not charging it. Oh, Lord. Right. So if you are out working. Right. And that monitor goes dead. That's a violation. Yeah. If you're if you're not like this and actually and actually are a productive member of society, uh, you cannot sit next to an outlet, you know, for for like hours on end. You know, you've got to go feed your family. And we understand that um, a lot of times, too, if you are on a scram. You know, our our uh, our magistrates in some of these counties on a DWI second are putting an uh, interlock device, which is that, you know, device that installed on your vehicle. Right. Uh, the ignition interlock device. Yes. And then also a scram on top of that. And then also weekly reporting. And it's just very heavy handed. So it becomes very expensive and very expensive. And a lot of judges will realize like, OK, you've been you know, you've been on scram for a month with no issues. We're going to go ahead and take that off. Right. Make sure if you have these really terrible bond conditions for some of your clients, file your motions to modify bond conditions. Right. And I have found that those, it does make a difference. You know, you, you mentioned, give it a month. Some of them, you're going to have to give it a month or two. <clears throat> yeah. Just indeed. to partly show, to show the prosecutor, because the prosecutor is going to review them and to show either the magistrate or the, 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 misdemeanor court judge or the felony court judge, depending on where this case is going to end up going, um, that yes, they are abiding. They are doing what they need to do, but they need a little bit of room. And it's not a little bit of room to, to get in trouble. It, they, it gets expensive. Yeah. It gets, it gets <clears throat> so restrictive when they get on probation, they're going to report probably once a month on bond. It's once a week. Right. Yeah. And that's and, a big difference. And the reason that, you know, obviously, like, if money is being taken out of our client's pocketbook, 
It hurts their family, but also, hey, man, hurts my bottom line. It hurts your bottom line. Oh, it's bottom line. Math term. Math term. Math term. Yeah, sorry. Uh, accounting. You know. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, it's, I say that jokingly, but, but honestly, if your clients cannot afford the bond conditions, what makes you think they're going to do a, a payment plan to your office? You know, it's in everybody's best interest to try to, you know, help the, help your clients out as much as possible. Right. And, and another, you know, this, it's not, you know, if a, if you violate, if your client violates the bond conditions, the bond gets revoked, you get thrown back in jail. But also if you go to trial on that case and your client is found guilty, there that's going to come back up in punishment. Right. Yeah. The idea of you getting probation goes way down. They couldn't follow Correct. the rules when they were out of custody before. Right. Why do we think they're going to follow the rules now? Exactly. Um, you know, stuff rolls downhill, right? I mean, like this is... Um, unfortunately, as we know, criminal law, the, the criminal justice system is all about, uh, uh, money and you get caught in a cycle, uh, and it's really hard to pull yourself out of. So, um, you know, this is, uh, it can be a very challenging time for our clients, especially if they don't understand, you know, Hey, I was charged with theft, but you know, I may have popped hot for just being around somebody who's smoking weed. This is not a drug related case. Why am I being hit for that you know and well hey the code does not differentiate right yeah it becomes difficult it becomes yeah. difficult so so things that uh if you end up having it forfeitured if you have a forfeiture bail you're going to turn to chapter 22 right right um uh, of the code of criminal procedure within and- article 17 right is that what you're saying no, is that? Article 22. Article 22. Chapter okay. 22, forfeiture bail. I'm, Article uh, 22. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. Um, and, and there are several reasons why your bail can be forfeited. Uh, the surety's dead. What? I know. It's like, so if, you know, lots of our clients, it's their mom or dad signs off on the on the bail, right? They're the one that posted. Yeah. You're still doing what you're supposed to, but mom dies. Yeah. You're going to have to repost it. It, somebody else going to have to sign off on it because mom can't guarantee that anymore. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if an estate could be held liable for that. But anyways, like, yeah, you're, you're a surety. You are assuring the court that this person's going to appear, right? right? Be, because if they don't, it's your money that's being forfeited. Right. It and, is interesting when you actually read through some of this, I would have never thought about the fact that my bond, if I were on bond, my, uh, my bond could be forfeited if, the person who bonded me out passed away. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, a number of, uh, you know, old time bail bondsmen, um, from time to time, just, you know, obviously naturally yeah, we, just pass away. Right. We right? had one a few years ago and yeah. it, his wife here, uh, took over. Right. Um, and thankfully the courts didn't, you know, the courts kind of knew the situation and didn't, you know, just immediately come in and start wrapping people up. But, it it becomes an issue. Becomes an issue, especially if they don't have like a continuation plan for after their, uh, you know, when they when they do pass on, right? Like all right. attorneys, right? Like I, if something happens to me, you know, Mister Decker is taking care of all my clients. Oh crap! I know. Um, <laughs> he also gets you know whatever money my estate can pay him for that. There's not going to be anything there. Is there's there? not. Yeah. There's not. Um, can uh, I get your plug in car? Yeah, man. Okay. Sure. Well, it's already spoken for. But you know, there's you know some other stuff. I, you actually gave me like a phone charger recently. You can have that back. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's... But um, 
uh, which I love, by the way. Thank you very much. So, so yeah, that, that is, um, I even forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about if the sure so the, the bonds would die. Away. What else? What else uh, we got over there? <laughs> what else? Um, it, it's basically you know kind of what happens and who ends up having to pay for. Yeah. Um, for most of our clients, that's not going to be the issue. The issue so is going to be that they violate their conditions. Right. I mean, you know, we see too, though, like, okay, violation conditions, that's that's on, that's in pile A. In, in pile B, right, your bonding company can just go off your bond. Yes, in pile B. So, so they can, you didn't call. You didn't call. You didn't check in, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you didn't pay them. You're on a payment plan. You didn't pay them. Didn't pay them. They can't find you, your address. You changed your address or something. Lordy mercy. This morning I was supposed to, I was in court. On a case, all the information I have for contacting my client is invalid. They haven't reported to CSCD since October. Well, you know, I I assume when somebody comes knocking on their door to serve that warrant, they're going to be calling you. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Wondering why why you didn't keep them from getting arrested. Um, which is just, you know, nature of the beast, right? Like right. we have clients who, uh, we can really truly help. And we have some clients who, some of them, you know, you know, almost at the beginning. Yeah. This one's going to go bad. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to be very, um, you know, how, how do I put this? You you just have to be like, it's one of those moments where you're, where you're really have to tell them what they need to hear and not sugarcoat anything right because you know that it's just going to come back they're not listening anyways and it's in these moments that i find it helpful to really go over your contracts of representation with your clients and you know just like everybody else sometimes i get busy and i just send them a docusign link or whatever but in the contract in my contract i specifically state you must as a contract of my representation you must abide by all court orders uh, which are the bond conditions. And if there's a warrant issued, guess what? That's a court order that you need to turn yourself in. Um, so, you know, if you're not, if you're not updating your information with me or whatever, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all part of I what it probably takes. Get, get off the case. So um, anyways, that I think. Uh, and often if you're, if you, if it's a retained client and the attorney withdraws, sometimes that will be enough for them to say your bond is no longer sufficient. Man, I've seen some some courts too where they're like, "Oh, you can't afford an attorney." Well, I'm gonna I'll gonna put you in custody and I'm gonna appoint you an attorney, and that to me screams like, "Wait a second, that doesn't seem right. What's happening here?" Right. Um. So so again, in those instances, read Chapter 17, uh, and and if you get to a revocation, Chapter 22, mm-hmm. Article 17 and Article 22, Code of Criminal Procedure. Yeah. What do you think? I think I'm glad I'm not on bond or bail or have, I'm glad I've never been arrested. I'm glad that when I go into the jail, I get to walk out the front door. Um, but I'm actually going to go and visit. I've spent yesterday afternoon in jail. I'm going to spend this afternoon in jail. Yeah. Same. Kind of a, kind of a warm and cozy place. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're this time of year is certainly a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Yep. Hey man, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this podcast and our listeners. I know, and um, sorry this one was a ramble. Uh, kind of a ramble, but I think still pretty good information if you're not really, if you never really dealt with uh, bond bail procedures. It is amazing the the hassle that they become. Uh, in fact, my in in, in the downtown office, uh, we often talk about 
could could the next thing be not a bond reduction request? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Again, governed in Article 17. Take a look know, at that if you have one. Uh, um, so, you know, and the, the, usually on these shows, we have a we have a very well thought out itinerary and agenda that of topics that we need to get through. And here we're just like, yeah, OK, we can t- we can talk about bonds. Sure. We'll just go right. down the articles. And anyway. I think so the Mr. proof Harris, is in the pudding. I think it I speaks think for itself. That we need an agenda. Yes. That's what from that now on. Yeah, always. So for Mr. Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. I'm Andrew Harris. And you're speaking for Mr. Decker. Mr. Decker. We've done this before, man. Have Come we? on. Well, say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>